Welcome to Compression, the quest to $100 million in just one year. Join me, your host, Logan Freeman, in this one-of-a-kind interactive podcast experience where I am on a quest to compress three years of achievement and production into 12 months. And no, the answer is not to just work harder. I'm bringing you not only ideas and concepts that are complete at the theoretical level, but they're also effective at the applied level. Look guys, knowledge is not power. It is potential power. Knowledge plus massive strategic action equals power. We're talking about strategy, systems, accountability, all in real time. This is Compression. Here we are. We showed up again. It is Friday, early uh, in the Friday morning. Not really that early for us, honestly. Jerome's already ran six miles and read three books and already, already been at it. If you guys hear a little background noise here in Kansas City, we've got a big storm going on in the the thunders outside rumbling the the walls and hopefully the kids don't wake up but we'll deal with it one way or the other i'm excited about this week man i i was thinking about the intention for the episode and, and i'll just start here first off we'll start with the number because this is huge uh we jumped up to 77.2 million uh this week so that's a, a really big jump Uh, From last week, that is an acquisition uh, from FTW that took all hands on deck, even your hands, to get across the finish lines. Um, You know, it's it's been a real struggle up to the wire uh, on that deal, and and we got it over the finish line. You know, it's not ideal on how we did it. You know, I would have loved just to have a bank to close a transaction like they say they would, but they don't. You know, and these are the things that people don't talk about is. You know, frankly, you know, in this industry, we see a lot of people just like you know getting deals across the finish line. Well, you know, you have brought to the table a lot of the horror stories that people have. Well, every transaction we have a horror story. I mean, I could go on for <laughs> I go on for hours. Like, what do you want to know? Do you want to talk about a, a vendor or, you know, a contractor or a property manager, or, you know, an attorney that we had an issue with, a, you know, an inspection? you know, title, uh, lender. I mean, you, you name it. It, it happens every, every single time. Every step of the process. Every step of the process, man. I mean, to the point of, of you know, uh, the property manager we have been working with so diligently to transition her from previous management to, to current, which, which would be us, um, you know, because she's great. Kanisha, she's done a wonderful job. She knows the residents. I mean, she's really invested over there, but she wasn't getting the, the support that she would need. I mean, she couldn't even get answers and she didn't know all these answers. She's like, I cannot get these people, you know, out of the, out of the property. I cannot get them, you know, evicted. And and they're doing these certain things. And we just looked at her and we said, you know, Keisha, we just, we just got to get you a police report. And that, that is grounds to, to eviction, you know, like there's just certain things she was not getting uh, feet. And then, so she was about to hang it up the day of closing. She's like, all right, guys, you guys bought the property. I'm out. And we've been working with her for 60 to 90 days now, um, working on this transition. And uh, we said, whoa, 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 what's going on? And she kind of walked us through some things. We went over there, spent time with her. The next morning, we bring the whole staff into the office and have a breakfast with the new staff, talk through how she's going to get support. And we got a text message that she's, you know, unpacking her boxes, you know, the day of, uh, which was I mean, I mean, it was just a, a huge really, but up into the last second on this deal, you know, uh, and then we close. And of course, we've got issues already. So, you know, at the end of the day, man, it, it's just um, it's a big win to be able to have the confidence, the team and the competence to be able to do something like we did. It's a huge feat, a nine million dollar project, 162 units, 12 different buildings not managed that well beforehand. I mean, it's just a big deal here in Kansas City. And, you know, the reason I was pushing so hard to get this over the finish line is, you know, we we purchased at $55,000 a door. Well, I just checked in on a property I was trying to buy up the street, um, you know, 215 unit property. And, 
And it just it's it's under contract for eighty eight thousand dollars door to sell next month. You know, I, I mean, so it's insane. So, I, I mean, I know the value is there. I know the margin of safety is there. And that's why we got to push so hard and hold on to what you've got. And that's, you know, the hard part of this business is, you know, you don't want to chase too many rabbits. So you don't catch none. And, and one, you know, bird in hand is is better than two in the bush. That's an old Midwest for, you know, term that basically says, when you got something good, hold on to it and get it finished and then move on to the next time, you know, but this one has been taking so long, but it's a huge deal. One of the biggest deals that FGW has done, you know, single-handedly in-house and, and very important to, uh, to be able to build that confidence and, and track record that we can do those types of projects. So anyways, very excited. 77.2 million, huge, huge acquisition for us this past week. And, uh, you know, it's it's really been a all hands on deck the last two to three weeks just getting this thing over the finish line. But very excited about that, man. Closing day. Congratulations, man. So was Thank the you. breakfast the celebration or is there another celebration? No, the, the breakfast was simply just to show the current on-site property management company that, hey, we're invested in you. You know, you're going to get the support, the resources, the training, uh, whatever you need to be successful. We're here. and and in less than three hours, we were able to put together a big breakfast to show them that. So that was all that was, uh, was to just continue to, to build that camaraderie with the current on-site management staff that we're inheriting because we want to, because they're good. Um, they're good people. So we will have another celebration here in the next week or two with an FTW team. I'm excited to say that it's our acquisitions guy's first deal that he's getting over the finish line. So that's really, that's a huge win as well. Um, you know, so the intention, but I'll step back to the intentionality of this week. You know, that's a big number, 77.2. I mean, my math isn't that great, but I think we're 28.8 away. No, sorry. 23.8 away from, you know, hitting the goal. 22. 22. 22.8. All right. There you go. See, my math isn't all that great, but 22.8 away from hitting the goal, you know, and, and I've got three months now it's going to be. It's going to be a tight three months right now because I don't have anything under contract, but I have faith. I have faith that we'll get there. I have faith to understand, you know, we just got to stay, you know, with the process. But I'm really excited to say that, like, you know, it's September now. And, you know, I look at that, those two cricket letters. I always say I want to keep the cricket letters off my my golf score sheet because you never want to get sevens, you know, and I get a lot of sevens. But um, looking at the two cricket letters here on on my journal. Looks pretty good, man. Looks pretty good. I'm I'm pretty What was your highest amount to date? <laughs> what was last year? I, I mean, yeah, 33 tops. 33 tops. So uh that's and that and last year was a big a big year, you know? Last big year was year. A really big aggressive. Year. Like, whoa, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Yep. It, it might have been a little bit more last like last year, probably 45 to 50 actually last year. 33 was the year. Uh, before that so but still that's uh i mean that's we're, we're sitting here in september at, at two cricket letters and so um the the intentionality that i wanted to mention was this you know i've been doing a lot of thinking a lot of thinking about positioning a lot of thinking about what's the next move a lot of thinking about uh zigging when everybody else is zagging a lot of thinking about when everybody's looking left to look right because you know, the stars seem to be aligning right now for a lot of folks to getting these deals over the finish line. And what Steven Schwartzman says about, um, you know, business and entrepreneurship, when, when there's a really hairy, complex, challenging problem, uh, there's not very many people lined up to solve it. But when things get easy and uh, anybody can do it, not anybody, but, you know, the masses can do it, then we're starting to get into a period of time where, uh, it may be the time to start stepping back. And, and this is the first time I've ever said this in the last four and a half years of, you know, thinking about stepping back and, and really zooming out and looking at uh, the, uh, the industry that we're in right now, because, you know, business is cyclical, real estate is cyclical. Nobody knows necessarily exactly where we're at with that. Um, but what I do have a really good pulse on is transactions that are happening in my market. And every time I pull up LinkedIn, there is five to six new just closed, just purchased, 
acquisitions, you know, postings going on. Texas, Florida, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Atlanta, uh, Wichita. I mean, Nebraska, Oklahoma. I mean, it is happening everywhere, it seems like. Um, And and that's 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 just a data point. Right. But that data point mixed with what I know people are paying with what where I know uh, their projected rents are. um, It's uh, it's interesting to me to to see. Well, maybe it's it's getting a little frothy out there Um, and and not necessarily a sense of frothy of like just people are overpaying, but frothy that we have. Uh, you know, the Fed, in, you know, doing the quantitative uh, easing coming up here. So they're going to start doing they're ending their quantitative easing. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are worried about interest rate, you know, risk. And, and that's just one point. The second is just the balance sheet of the Fed, you know, of our federal government, which is being, you know, the highest that it's ever been. Um, you know, we have social unrest still here in the United States. We have a lot of, uh, you know, economic and uh, what I'll say, political division, you know, going on with our our country. Uh, the wealth gap continues to increase and nobody's doing anything about that. Um, so there's all of these different factors kind of swirl. And then this Afghanistan thing, um, you know, Joe Biden and what he's done in Afghanistan uh, and, and and a lot of countries looking at us like, look at this uh, leader of, of uh, I'm going to stay, try to stay apolitical here, but look at this leader who's not stepping up for his his country. And these are other people's words, not necessarily uh, mine, but I, I'll just say that, you know, I, I think it was handled a, a certain way and and um, not how necessarily Jocko Willink would have handled it or maybe even Donald Trump or myself. But uh, at the end of the day, we have all those things going on. And when all of that's going on and we still have this coronavirus, man, I mean, we still got the coronavirus. Like, so I just named... 15 to 16 different things that you know a year ago it was just coronavirus right now we got all of these other factors kind of going on that people are like man or this real smart guys are like man this this doesn't this doesn't add up like this is not looking good and i posted something i posted something last uh two weeks ago like hey i'm a little confused last year when i was sitting here with jerome talking about buying all these real estate deals and everybody's like dude you're gonna lose your tail you know, what are you doing? I, I'm, I'm on the sidelines sitting and waiting, you know, because of the uncertainty in the market. You know, I can't get dead. I can't find, I, you know, I'm waiting for COVID pricing. I'm like, okay, so you're zigging and I'm zagging. That's cool. And I'm going to get these deals, uh, these, these, these deals done because the, the fundamentals aren't going on. No less than three months later, no less than three months later, everybody said, oh, it's back. Oh, man, commercial real estate. We got to buy everything we absolutely can, man. We got to get it. We got to get it. And what happened to COVID pricing? Not only has the COVID pricing not uh, not gone, uh. you are paying <laughs> 30 to 50% more than pre-COVID pricing. So it's like, man, it's psychology. It's psychology. And the real people, the real investors, you know, they're being really careful right now, I think. And so that's where my head is. That's where... I'm thinking a lot about is positioning. So positioning myself in the marketplace, positioning our portfolio. So, hey, what projects can we go get onto permanent debt? Where can we go get some refinances going? What do we need to sell? What, what asset classes do we need to go focus on instead of uh, just doing multifamily? So positioning that piece, positioning our acquisition strategy, positioning our team to be able to be ready for this next buying wave whenever this cycle does happen. You listen to Sam Zell, Steven Schwartzman, Ray Dalio, Howard Marks, uh, all of these guys, guess when they really made their money in their businesses? When everything else was going down, right? When it was going down, they they let it kind of stagnate. Some of them got in right down at their bottom, but typically it gets to the bottom and it goes up just about five to 10%. And then those guys, they test the market, but then they go in with full force. And you're seeing that in the distressed debt market last year, pre-COVID, uh, or right around when COVID was starting. That got gobbled up so quickly, nobody else got their their hands even on that space, you know. Um, and so I think what uh, we're thinking about, what I'm thinking about is positioning. How do I position a firm that says, okay, right now we're, we're stabilizing, we're refinancing, we're selling. We're building the team. We're building the processes that we need to go deploy a hundred million dollars in equity, 
and not in purchases when the time is right. Maybe we got to buy cash. Maybe we got to, but we need to have the partners to be able to do it. Maybe we can find debt, but we got to have the partners that can sign on it with us. Maybe we we have both of those things, but we got to find the actual deals. So where's the database that we know which deals that are going to be in trouble? So all of those different things to say, all right, cool. We'll pause for six to eight to 12, 18 months, continue to do what we're doing, buy the good deals when we do. But when this dip happens, I'm going to see it before anybody else sees it because I'm thinking about it. And I'm not worried about what people are doing on LinkedIn. And I'm going to find it. And then I'm going to deploy $400 million worth of, worth of acquisitions into the market. And so I think that's where my head is, is just thinking about positioning, thinking about cycles, reading Howard Marks and Ray Dalio and all the, and, and Charlie Munger and Buffett, trying to get my head and my, my firm positioned well for when this next cycle uh, may or may not happen. And it's not that I'm you know, bearish and I'm not going to purchase anything, but I'm not going to go do what I see happening um, all across the country, uh, especially here in Kansas City. That is just a good way to 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 lose your business and, and to lose a lot of money. Um, so anyways, positioning, uh, zigging when everybody else is zagging, uh, thinking about things that uh, other people aren't thinking about, talking about certain things that other people aren't talking about. And if you think about it, the folks on LinkedIn and, and the podcast guys and gals that are doing all these deals, they're incentivized to continue to making the, the outlook look rosy because that's their business is raising money. That's what they have to do. They have to keep the confidence going. Well, that's not what I have to do. You know, I, I don't need to do that. What I need to do is position ourselves in a place that we can find those opportunities to go capitalize on when the time is right. I don't need to just make the outlook look rosy. I, I have to be a fiduciary of over $30 million in equity right now. So like, I don't need to go, uh, you know, market to folks and try to convince them that uh, this, this high is going to continue to be higher and higher and higher. And it's never going to pop because it is, I mean, I mean, it, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in the learnings. Uh, I'm going to talk through that, but, that's where my head's at, Jerome, this week is is trying to 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 show folks that, hey, when everything looks really good, when everybody is smiling and, and doing all this stuff and doing transactions. But when you peel it back a little bit, coronavirus, Afghanistan, Fed's balance sheet, interest rates, I mean, uh, division in the in the in the in the industries, division in our economy, in our in our in our country. Uh, you've got China as a rising superpower. You've got all of these different things that people are just kind of, eh, it's okay. You know, it's going to go away. No, 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 it won't. I mean, that's exactly what crap that, that, that causes issues, you know? And once you understand that people are behind crashes and bubble burstings, you have to understand that their psychology is what causes that. It's not just one big event. Yeah, sure. Coronavirus can, can create a, you know, a recession, right? I mean, supply and demand issues, all this stuff, but Typically, these cycles happen because people are start acting in one way and they continue to act. And then the herd mechanism happens and everybody jumps on the bandwagon. I see a lot of bandwagon happening right now. Um, and, and so I'm going to pause because I went on a little bit of a rant, but that's where my head is right now. I've got to be thinking differently. I've got to yeah. be smarter. I've yeah. got to make better decisions. And I got to use the data that I have to make those bets. Whenever I came on record last March and in, in April, yeah, last March and said, we're buying multifamily, we're, you know, and, and, and this is why uh, people were like, dude, you're crazy, you know, well, great. Who's crazy now? And so maybe this proclamation will, you know, get a lot of people like, dude, you're, 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 you're wacky, man. Look at the stock market. Look at, look at all this stuff. Well, yeah, okay. Okay. So, <laughs> anyway, pause right there, man. Let you react to that. But yeah, it'll yeah, give you an idea of kind of what I've been thinking about a lot and, and trying to focus on this week. I think I'm going to go on a little rant here, too. So here's the thing. I, I think you're in the right spot. I think we've got to be strategically op opportunistic yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. Um, people just buying things for the sake of buying things because, oh, well, what about inflation? What about this? What about that? Every time you place capital in a deal, you experience opportunity costs, mm -hmm. period. And so. You know, you could say, I don't want my money to rot in the bank, but if you buy something and you pay too much for it, you inherently are doomed to fail. Because even if you, if you, even if you execute your business plan well, 
your property could be worth less than what you paid for it when you get to the backside of it. Right. And nobody wants to hear that, but that is a true story. You truly got to understand what the assets are worth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people want to avoid taxes. So they do 1031s and then they overpay on the 1031 because they've got the timeline. Yep. Um, they run up against the end of their timeline. I truly believe that you've got to make great decisions right now. And I was talking to Dave Mundahl. He said, Jerome, yep. you can make money in any part of the market. It doesn't matter whether it's up, down, in the middle, on the way up or down. Absolutely. Because he wrote the Emerging Markets book. But you actually got to know where you are in the market. You need mm-hmm. to be very careful right now because certain places are about to go into a decline yep. or a recession. And I just sat there and looked at him because he's the guy that really was the first multifamily educator. He had the system where he was finding emerging markets, riding the wave, selling it somewhere close to the peak and then getting out. But he looked at me and he said, look, man, I'll never do this again. I did a 400 unit deal and I lost money. It was too ambitious. Mm -hmm. I got caught in the market. It shifted and I couldn't get out. And I paid all my investors, but I personally lost money. Yeah. And that's where I think we are. I'm watching people buy construction projects. This pro- this deal around the corner from one that we own got marketed as 80% of the renovations haven't been done yet. Yep. They increased the price by 25% from what the person paid for it. That person paid 20% more than we paid for a deal within a six month period that is nicer. We have townhomes. These are studios like on top of each other or garden or whatever you want to call it. And people are clamoring to grab the deal. Yeah. So as soon as that deal trades, we're going to market again. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if people are willing to buy whatever at whatever price, then we need to be net sellers in that market. And I know you guys have done your first few exits and turned some crazy returns. And yep. I think you continue to capitalize off of that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I hope our listeners are taking the time to make sure that they aren't just buying for the sake of buying. Yeah. Don't just buy a deal or do a deal so you can say you did a deal. And because you see other people posting that a deal closed. Here's the thing. What you don't know is that the vast majority of people are all claiming the same deal. Oh, my gosh. And positioning it as their own. And, you know, great. We could talk about door counts. We could talk about all this stuff, right? And, you know, if Logan's got a deal and I've got 1% of that deal and it's 400 units, well, I can say I've got 400 units in my portfolio. Yeah. But I just don't know if that's an accurate indicator of my wealth, my ability to sign loans or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you raise $100,000 for a deal, Or, you know, in some cases, I'm seeing people say, hey, I raised a couple of million dollars, but they didn't send you the check. Right. And there is a gap between somebody saying, hey, I'm interested, my soft commit, and Mm -hmm. me doing the wire. Yep. And if you haven't done a deal, you haven't experienced that yet, I can promise you're in for a rude awakening when it comes time to stroke the check. Yeah. Well, these are good points. I don't want to get too in the weeds on the real estate side because not all of our listeners are there. But just know you could probably apply that same mental model in in about just anything else in your business. So um, we're in a very interesting time. I've been harping on that, you know, my feeling that we've been in some weird or not weird, but uh, different uh, period of time or we're transitioning into a different period of time for the last three to four months. It's starting to really come to a head, and I'm starting to put some actual words to that thing, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later. So um, that's the intention for the week, positioning, zigging, zagging, looking left when everybody's going right. What was I focused on, you know, this week? Well, I've got to, I, before we started recording, I'm, you know, taking two days off. So Thursday and today I'm taking off from, from work per se because uh, we were supposed to be in Florida on a family vacation, and, you know, just as a family, we decided not to go to uh, one of the states that has the highest COVID rating in, in uh, the country right now. And, and with two kids, I just thought that would be, you know, just why. So we're going to have a staycation. And so, um, you know, yesterday I, I uh, got Taylor out on the golf course, which was, which was pretty cool. And uh, you know, got you, I got you that picture with, with all of us and our, our swag and all the fun stuff. And today we're keeping the kids home from, from school. I mentioned the, 
the thunderstorm. I, I knew it was going to probably rain. So instead of if it rains all day, we'll go down to the aquarium at Union Station. If it doesn't, we'll go out to the zoo at Swill Parkway. So um, so one thing about living in a, an amazing city like Kansas City, man, there is always something to do. I mean, always something to do here for for folks. But um, my goals for this this week were uh, to re resist temptation and say no to sin. And what I mean by that was uh, temptation of food, of drink, of um, you know, the allure of sitting and looking at my phone instead of doing what I knew I, I should be doing at that time. Um, the temptation to not be present and be checked out, the temptation to uh, be focused on something else whenever I'm meeting with somebody. You know, I've just been uh, not distracted, but but I get on threads and I can't get my mind off of them. And so my, I was really focused this week on being present being focused and intentional. And man, did I crush it on that side of the thing. Second one, putting my phone in the bedroom from five to eight, man, have had no issues with that this week. It's been great. I've been present with the kids and I, I don't, you know, thank you for checking me on that. That was, that was fantastic. The last one, because we got a new month here, right? So the last one would, would be this is, is I've got to spend time adding deals to the pipeline and the strategy on acquiring more projects. And what I mean by this, and, and you're probably like, what are you talking about? You just said you're not going to buy anything. No, no, no. I'm, I'm looking for the diamonds in the rough. I'm looking at, okay, well, maybe there's a value add neighborhood retail shopping center that I can put a grocery store in. You know, groceries not going nowhere anytime soon. People are going to go to the grocery stores. Even your personal shoppers on Instacart have to go to that grocery store and get that food. Okay. Amazon is not going to take over all of the grocery stores. So you know, things like that. Can I go find a shopping center and lock in a 15 year lease with a national credit shop, you know, grocery. So just thinking about how I can bring new projects. I found a hotel here in Kansas City, a 29 room hotel um, that I'm thinking about, uh, you know, transitioning over to a master lease with the nonprofit that I sit on the board of. So we can place 29 homeless people into a uh, a restart client, you know, so things like that, right? I'm, I'm thinking about, um, you know, maybe building an RV park at the, the Lake of the Ozarks, right? So it's not just the, the down the middle multifamily project. It's time for me to get those opportunities in front of our team and start vetting out what looks good in today's market cycles uh, and today's climate. So um, those are the three things that I was focused on uh, this week and, and focusing on this month, which is great. And, and the biggest one there was staying focused. So I wrote down in my, my journal to stay focused on using Monday. And, um, you know, I got behind really big time on my, my email um, as well. And so I needed to get through some, some email. And, you know, I procrastinate on email because it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, I'd much rather be reading. I'd much rather be listening to a podcast, going out, running, you know, uh, doing all that stuff. But it's a part of my business that I have to just uh, buckle down. And when I had the chances to do that this week, I ate the frog and I got the stuff done. And, man, I could tell you. The opportunities are starting to flow in. I'm, the energy is starting to be magnetic again. And that gets, once you get the flywheel going, it just continues to, to roll. And so um, anyways, I was really excited to say that, uh, you know, this week I did a great job on prioritizing and executing on things that I didn't want to do. <laughs> and maybe that's because I knew Thursday and Friday, I wasn't going to be working full time, or maybe that's because I said, man, it's just time, you know, you've got to lead this, this firm into where you need to go. And the only way to do that is, is being in it like, uh, uh, like, like no, nothing other. So I, I think that uh, I, I did a really good job with uh, some of those things this week. And so uh, we've talked about some of these wins uh, already on my daily disciplines. What I added in was the phone in the bedroom from five to eight. Um, and or my off, I, I put it in my office in my bag and I, to get to my office, you have to come around and then downstairs, open up doors. I have to come in here and unmake, undo a zipper. So each one of them is a trigger, right? Like do, 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 do. Okay. I got to do those three things by the third time I have to get there or have to go upstairs. It was like, what are you doing, man? You want to make that little X mark on your, on your journal in the morning? Or do you want to give yourself the check mark? You know? So it's just, uh, it's all about environment. It's all about environment. Um, okay. Network building was on here as well. So I've been really focused on 
meeting folks that can help me continue to increase my network. Uh, I've been delivering swag boxes all over the city. I've got people wearing our stuff out on, on golf courses at events. I've got new relationships being built. I've got events that will be, be starting. And one cool thing that we haven't mentioned here on the network building for next year um, is, is the private club that we're building. And uh, I just got the floor plans. I've got the logo. It's the streetcar, the Kansas City Streetcar Club. And, um, you know, it's going to be about 5,000 square feet of, of uh, you know, tables, chairs, a massive bar, lockers you can put your alcohol in. We're going to have a cigar room. We're going to have a putting green. We've got darts, pool, all of the fun stuff. But I figured since I have that club in the basement of the building that I office out of every single day, why not start putting programming around that club. I can drive membership, but I can also bring in speakers. So a big piece of, you know, you know, being in the country clubs is to get to, to know the people. Well, they want to get out of the country club a little bit and go see what's going on. Well, where our building is and the club that we're building is right in the hustle and bustle of Midtown where the streetcar is going. And, and it's just a cool area. A lot of people don't that live South uh, that are wealthy. They don't get up North all the time. And, and so it's good to bring them back in North and, and have a, have a centralized location. We'll have that with the, with the streetcar club, which is really cool. Uh, and I've got some really good ideas around happy hours, speakers, poker tournaments, sporting events, all of those different things that we can start to drive intentional networking um, at, at, at the club that I'm going to, I'm going to build and own. So um, that, that was just another cool idea, man, that, uh, that you kind of pushed me on to figure out how I can continue to do that. And I have to look at my life and my, my world now as um, if this is true, if this statement is true, that opportunities are attached to people, then I need to create people meeting other people. And so now my life is not necessarily just on the phones all the day time or the podcasts all the time. That's important. But uh, I, I know a very successful, maybe the most successful insurance guy uh, or one of them in Kansas City, and he runs 12 different peer groups. He's on four different boards uh, of nonprofits. I mean, he, and he's made a business doing that. And I met with him this week. And so, uh, it was really good to, um, you know, to talk with him and I got to look at my life intentionally every single day uh, or every single one day out of every single week to say, okay, who am I meeting with? Who am I bringing together? So it's not just you meeting people one-on-one it's, Hey, you know, I played with my buddy Frank the other day. He's a member at a, at, at a country club here in Kansas City. I said, Frank, we need to get together. We're doing business together. But I, need to, I want to bring two other guys that will help your business move forward. And so I brought two other guys that I know Frank could do business with and vice versa. And so now I'm the connector of all of these different little circles. And that's what's being powerful, right? That's the powerful piece of network building. Uh, how can I help you build your business? And then I be the guy when you think about commercial real estate is to give a call. And now I can either fit, help you or, or get you to somebody that, that can. And, and it never feels like selling when you're doing that, when you're just helping yeah. and you're just problem solving, problem, problem solving. solving. And so I've, so again, you can tell I've been doing a lot of thinking about this network building, but how to be, and, and it's not just, Oh, that guy knows everybody. No, it, it they know everybody um, that, that will actually do things when you call them. And, and it's because yeah, they're yeah. intentional about it. So when that email comes through that CEO of that company responds like that, not, yeah. Oh yeah, I've had coffee with that person. No, no, no. I, I need whenever I call you answer or whenever I email you, you send one right back or a text. So, uh, and that just takes time and intentionality. So, um, yeah, our, our, our mutual, I'll call them friend. Brian Adams is very intentional about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's what else you it's what else can I do for you? That's right. You know, I get paid for, and David Metzler talks about it too. It's like, yeah. I, I get paid for these activities and these I don't, but they're part of my value proposition. And I, I just, I think if you're moving in that space, then you can create tremendous opportunity for those folks who are around you. And it's going to attract more people to you because they know right. that if you stay close to the fire, you, you'll get warm. All right. We're going to get through some wins because we're we're running out of time. We went on a little bit of a <laughs> rant, but I thought it was awesome uh, what we talked about earlier. So that was uh, I'm not sure a lot of people talking about that stuff yet. So um, not sure when this is coming out, but 
you know, that's uh, you heard it here first on the, on the compression podcast, things are changing and you better be changing with them. So wins, you know, Ray Dalio use leveragers. Leveragers are people who can go from conceptual to practical effectively and do the most to get your concepts implemented. I've got three or four leveragers going right now. And uh, I, I, I could tell you it's working. It's working. It's, it's allowing me to zoom out and be where I need to be. So I don't have to zoom in and, and miss everything. So it's, uh, it's not perfect, but you know, we said it's going to be 150% upfront more time to get those leveragers working. Well, yeah. we're probably about 75 to 85 right there right now. So I still got some time on that stuff, but, uh, it's working and I feel very good about that. All right. We, uh, we took little Ezra man into, uh, the chiropractor this week and, uh, you know, my, and, and Dr. G who I played college football with, and I've talked about on the podcast, uh, before, uh, really feels like he can, he can help, uh, Ezra with his earaches and, and just feeling better and all of this stuff. And, and you guys have to realize Ezra's a big boy. Like he's, uh, he just started walking. So that's helping, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, his body's starting to move a little better, but I mean, he's just a big dude. Like, not like chunky by any means because there's chunky babies. He's not a chunky baby. You just tell it's like his arms are the same size as Isabella's, who's 18 months older than him. And, and I mean, his head is like, you know, uh, a big basketball and, and, and his little shoulders have to support that big head, you know. And so I can only imagine after, you know, 31 years of me doing what I've done to my body that, you know, coming out and 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 growing as fast as that kid is, he probably got needs to get aligned a little bit, you know. So, but that was a big win. Taylor and I did that together, and we've got a plan to continue to take him twice a week, thirty minutes away, uh, for the next three weeks. So that's a big commitment, uh, but a huge win because I I, uh, I feel like that's the right thing to do. And Dr. G is going to be taking care of uh, of Ezra. So that's really cool, man. Um, I talked about this adding deals to the pipeline. I've got two or three. Uh, new creative projects that other people would not just be able to find online and try to figure out. And you're going to see me doing more creative projects now uh, instead of just, you know, the 162 unit multifamily. If I can get another one, trust me, I'll do it. Absolutely. If I'll do it between 55 and 60 K a door. So if you're selling a property in Kansas city or in the Midwest at 55,000 to $60,000 a door and the rents above 650, call me, please. I will buy it. I will buy it. <laughs> Why not? Right? Put it out there. Put it, Put out. it out there. I don't know who's listening. Logan's looking. Logan's looking. I'm looking, man. I'm looking. But I got a couple cool projects that are be coming up. I think one of them's going to land. I got some tours set up next week. Uh, pretty great. Yesterday with Taylor was awesome. Kids at daycare, us one on one. We haven't spent a day like that together. Uh, six, eight, 12, 15 months. I don't know. Wow. It was just special. It was just special. I've been looking forward to the weekend with the family. Uh, I've been locked in on the task, man. No, no, no procrastination this uh, this past week. And then obviously closing the 162 units. So those are all the big wins. Uh, and that's literally in three days. Uh, all that stuff happened, which was uh, which was pretty cool. So uh, losses, man. You know, we've got a project uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska, that uh, is kind of stalled right now and, and not stalled that, you know, it's not moving forward. Um, it's stalled that our process on getting legal documentation on, uh, you know, I've got all of these reservations uh, for two weeks now, had the webinar, had the reservations sitting there oversubscribed, uh, and I got no legal docs to subscribe people to, and that's a loss. Uh, and if you're listening to this on the Parkview Lincoln deal, we're very close, but um, since it was a tenancy in common alongside of a, a syndication structure, it, it, uh, it turned out to be way more than we originally thought. And uh, so getting that right the first time is taking more time. And, you know, so expectations have been missed with uh, investors on those docs. And we've got a, not, a lot of new investors on that project. So uh, that's a loss. And we are fixing that. I am in communication with my buddy. Uh, you, you might know him, uh, Jerome, Seth Bradley, uh, to, yeah. be a, to be a quasi in-house legal counsel for FTW. Uh, because we are to the point where we need support. Uh, we have a full-time attorney. It feels like he's running on the dirt work and doing all these other different things. But, you know, we need somebody dedicated to getting investor docs done and in the portal. And I know people will say, hey, just use syndication pros, uh, you know, template it. No, I'm not going to do it. So don't send it to me. I don't need that. 
um, you, you know, that's just there. That's you know what that is. It's a it's a it's it's a boilerplate form that somebody's paying uh, virtual assistants to fill in. And these are, you know, five, 10, 15 million dollar equity raises that I need protection. Our investors need protection. I'm not going to use that. So I need the best of the best. And we've got that. It just takes forever sometimes, especially when something changes to get it right. And so solving for that uh, in communication with Seth, I really hope we can get something locked in so he can, uh, you know, start doing the work with us. Uh, and, and then at some point becoming a, uh, you know, a really instrumental uh, foundational part of, of FTW because Seth's been to Kansas City. We align on a lot of values. He's a good dude, hard worker and super smart. So. Anyway, Seth, if you're listening to this, I I, uh, I owe you an email and, and we'll get together soon. Okay, learnings. Ezra's, Ezra's over here waving to us. Hey, buddy. Good morning. I'll see you in a minute, okay? <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Learnings. Has the market shifted is what I wrote. Is there a cycle about to happen? Should we shift to sell, refinance, and limit our exposure? So I think that, uh, and then the COVID pricing piece that we already talked about, I'm not going to harp on this anymore, but uh, the learnings are that I'm thinking about this and focus on this. Uh, the other one is this, man. Um, we get what we tolerate. You know, I was listening, <laughs> I, and that's a Tony Robbins thing, I'm pretty sure. But I always, it's always like one of those phrases that's on the, the tip of my tongue, but I can never pull it out. And of course, I'm, you know, I'm going deep on Ed Milet right now, uh, who seems to be the real deal, by the way. He's the real deal, brother. He's I, uh, the real deal. you know, you look at him, he's super jacked and, you know, he looks like a Guido and all that stuff. But, dude, you really listen to that guy? One, he's emotionally intelligent. Two, he he's work. focused on his family. He's been with his wife for since, I, I mean, high school. When he had nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, they, lost, they were taking showers in the. In the pool yeah. shower. I mean, yeah, yeah. Eddie Spaghetti. Like, this dude is the real deal. Uh, and and I think what happened with me, and shame on me, was saw him a long time ago. I'm like, ah, oh, it's just another Jack dude. Just, you know, you, you know. Jets and Bentleys. He, was, yeah. he but, went through that phase, and then he got out of it. Yeah. And wow, he is awesome. What a great person. And I listened to him and Jesse Itzler, and I think that might have been one of the best podcasts I have ever listen to jesse itzler said i sprinkle sunshine in my days every single day and if you don't know if you don't know who jesse itzler is dude one of the most successful entrepreneurs of our time uh net jets uh vitamin water or, or vita or cocoa water whatever it was uh what's he working on i mean his wife is michelle or sarah blakely with spanks i mean that family i mean live with the seal live with the monks i mean david goggins the monk that guy is so unique and, you know, what drives him is Mementi Mori, by the way. I mean, it is both of them, him and Ed, Mementi Mori, man, they're going to die. And they want to just max out every single minute of every single day. And so I, uh, I, I was listening to Ed on one of his podcasts. There's he has tons of content. It's hard to, hard to shift through all of it. I really like his, his stuff with just him, honestly. I think it's the best stuff that he's got. But most of the stuff is him interviewing people, and that's okay. But um he said this uh you know you people get what they tolerate and you you have to raise your standards of of your life and i i thought about that a lot while i was walking and running this this week because um you know i was tolerating the last couple of weeks i've been tolerating stress almost to the point of like hey this is to be expected well yeah if you tolerate it but if you do something about it and get it out of your life then it's not tolerated, you know? Uh, and so I just was making excuses for certain ways that I was, was feeling and, and uh, you know, uh, all these different things, letting it kind of creep in on my positive mental attitude or my PMA that I'm always focused on. And, and, I, and I said this week, no more, no more. Um, and Ryan Holiday came and talked to our mastermind group, which was awesome, you know? Um, you know, I, I know Ryan, so I... I don't know him personally. I know his content personally. Um, so hearing him come on and speak, it was like, okay, I've heard him talk about that a lot, uh, which was, but it was great for him to be there. And we got to ask him some questions, but uh, the Stoics would say, Hey, look, you know, especially Epictetus, you know, when something happens, 
It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And uh, and so that paired with you get what you tolerate in life has helped shift. And, you know, the thinking I've been doing helped shift kind of my mental attitude. I feel re-energized. I feel charged up to go finish this year extremely strong. And I, and I have the expectation that we will hit our goals. I do not know exactly how we will get there. But with this new uh, mental attitude, with me changing my standards on certain things in my life, with me focused on creating energy and meeting people and opportunities, I have no doubt that it's going to supercharge us for next year. And I sent you the business journal article. You, you know, the team is almost complete. Uh, we are almost complete. Uh, we need another executive admin. We need investor relations. We need an asset manager and a construction manager. So I got four more to go get. I got four more to go get. Uh, and, and I'll be patient with that. I'm going to find the right talent because some of those are very, very key roles. Um, but that gets us from 11 to about 15 and or 14 yeah. or 15. And that yeah. is going to be this core group that is going to just be in the grind, rocking it out for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And I'm super stoked about. So anyways, man, uh, I'm going to wrap it up here. That's what I was you know, thinking about a lot this year or this week was positioning getting out of what I getting out of life, what I tolerate, raising my standards, creating new positive mental attitude and understanding that opportunities are attached to people and not just, you know, they don't just come to you. People come to you if you reach out and you build those and opportunities are attached to them. So you have to realize that. And so all of those things have got me kind of jacked up to go finish, you know, finish really strong, right? I mean, so we've got October, November, December. So we're coming up on the fourth quarter here very soon. And I think that's yeah. a really good time for people, for listeners, for myself, for you, Jerome, to be getting ready for that fourth quarter. You know, I remember in you college. Gotta put the force up, baby. Yeah, gotta put the force up. <laughs> it's crazy to say, man, we're almost there, right? Like it feels like yesterday that you and I were talking about this podcast. And, yeah. you know, I don't know, 50 some episodes later, every single week later, we're sitting here thinking about the fourth quarter of the next year already and, and finishing strong. And so uh, it's just a it's just a really interesting place to be in uh, to see the results, but really excited about the way that I feel and the position that we're in to go finish strong. So I'm gonna leave it at that. man. I got the quote. I got the quote. OK, Jerome's got the quote. What do we got today, man? And I'm, it's a quote that I'm modifying slightly because I don't have the book in front of me, but I was reading this morning, reading a book talking about shifting your identity. And the author says, we become the average of the expectations of our five closest people. A lot of people talk about, it's just the five people you spend the most time with. Right. And if you add up their income, then you know that's what your income's gonna be. But it's about their expectations. And so sometimes there are people who are moving to a new space and they just haven't got there yet mm -hmm. and if you can lock arms with people who are on their way up and you talk about this finding people on the way up then you can probably you can get in that group and those expectations i, I posted earlier this week uh i predicted it. you witnessed it and so you know when people are saying this guy's crazy what does he mean a hundred million dollars right look at him now Yep. Exactly. Right? Expectations, man. It's, it's all about expectations of people being comfortable, yep. being willing to dream and dare and pursue the thing, right? And look, at this point, you've already increased your production from last year by 50%. Yep. If you do nothing else for the rest of the year, you could increase your production by 50%. And so whether the 100 is exceeded or not, isn't as important as the progress towards the hundred. That's right. Now, I absolutely fully believe that it'll be exceeded. But the point is, don't let your goals be small. Don't set things that you know you can reach. You gotta stretch, you gotta push. Mm -hmm. And then you, on a daily basis, you gotta make the decisions that will create the habits, that will create the life you desire. Absolutely, man. Well, that's a beautiful thing. I've not even heard that. So uh, you have to shoot me a text on on who that was or what book that was, because that's great. You know, Ed Milet was talking about proximity. 
uh, earlier this week, and he said proximity is influence. You know, proximity is influence. And so it is so much about not just who you're spending time around with, what are the expectations of those people? And, you know, I, what I love about Ed and his friends is like, uh, you know, he will meet or, or, or acquaintances. He will meet Jesse Itzler. Jesse Itzler will like say, hey, Ed, do you have your your gravesite? You know, you have your tombstone picked out. And and Ed's like, no. And he's like, well, you're not taking life seriously then. If you have not thought about that and put that in place, you have not. And he, this was live on Ed Milet's podcast. And Ed was like, thank you. You know, like that's what I've got to have. That's what we've got to have. As as a collective unit, um, as your as you being my my corner man, as as other people are around, is the ability to say, well, you're not taking that seriously. Then, you know, that's what I want to hear. You know, I don't need somebody just saying, yes, sir. Good job, good job, man. You're a rock star. You're yeah, a rock star. I don't need that. <laughs> that's this ego is big enough. Trust me, I don't need to inflate it anymore. So, anyways, I think that was a great episode today. Really, really interesting. Uh, we dove into some some great topics. More to come on that. $77.2 million of real estate done this year. Uh, compression is working. Thank you for listening, for tuning in uh, for another episode of the Compression Podcast. I'm curious to know, and, and please reach out, folks, if you have uh, ideas or suggestions uh, for what the compression podcast should turn into next year. I obviously have ideas. We'll come out and we'll, we'll probably do a whole episode of just hashing out what that looks like and, and record that and, and make that live for everybody. So people can give us some feedback, but I've got some really cool ideas. I know Jerome does as well, but I, I very well may be uh, creating a TV show uh, in Kansas city next year. I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's my big dream and goal is, is to, you know, why, why on HGTV are all these house flippers out there? Where's the syndication? Where's the multifamily? Where's the commercial real estate? Is it not, has it not, does it not work? I don't know. I got to find out though. It's something that's a little bug in my ear that says you got to find out. So maybe something turns into a TV show next year, which would be really cool. Anyways, thanks for joining for another episode of the compression podcast. We always appreciate you sharing this feedback is always welcome. If you love this, share it with somebody else or leave a, a review for us. Jerome, thank you so much for tuning in, man. Have a great day. Out. I appreciate you tuning in to another episode of Compression. My mission for this show is to do my part in helping you crush your limiting beliefs, rise above mediocrity, and live as the best version of yourself. If you feel inclined, Please share this show with someone who could benefit, someone who needs to hear this message. As always, please leave us a review wherever you're listening and connect and engage with me on LinkedIn and head on over to CompressionPodcast.com where you can subscribe. And when you do, you're going to get access to my live goal tracker, resources to download that will help you along your own compression journey. And you're going to be able to stay up with the episodes. Until next time, we'll talk soon.